Owls cannot be stopped. KSU men's and women's basketball combined to go 4-0 last week. We're going to discuss that and preview a pair of home doubleheaders in the convo Thursday and Saturday. It's all coming up on this episode of Inside the Nest. Thanks for joining us on this episode of ITN. Joined by the crew from last week, Bryce Gobert, Jordan Griffith, Brandon Johnson, and our intern, Spencer Rogers. And I want to lead it off with this, Spencer. Have you ever been a part of a game like Stetson last Thursday, where for a while it seems like the Owls may win by 50? Stetson comes back, nothing goes right for KSU. Owls are down 6 and OT, managed to come back and pull it off on the road. Um, no, I've never never been a part of a game like that. It was definitely stressful to be a part of, but I'm just very grateful to come out with the win, and it was a good win. It was a great win. So, you know, that was that was one of one game for sure. So, what was being said in the huddle in the second half when things weren't going KSU's way, and especially in overtime when Stetson got off to the good start and led by six with about a couple of minutes to go. Um, we were all just confident in each other. Uh, we knew that it was a tough game. Uh, we knew that, you know, the crowd was getting into it. Things were looking, you know, things were starting to get away from us, but we just poured into each other, stayed connected, and we focused on getting stops. Um, we knew once we get stops that we would eventually start making shots, and that's what ended up happening. Okay, for the rest of the crew watching the game, how did y'all handle it? Man, that was one of some of the most exciting games I think I've watched. Uh, I mean, we were all up in the control room for the Stetson game after the uh, the women's basketball game ahead concluded. And if you haven't seen the video, we're all going crazy up in the control room. It's on the Owl Network Twitter. But that was some of the most exciting basketball I think I've seen in college hoops. And just getting to be a part of it was, was something special. And then the FGCU game was something else as well where – I mean, you, you, it comes. It all comes down to the end. You didn't know how that game was going to go. It could have gone either way. And just to see y'all and the Owls be able to pull it out, I mean, as a fan, that's exactly the kind of basketball you look forward to and you hope for every game is that excitement and just to be able to have, you know, that that emotion that you can be able to be emotionally invested in it. But I'm sure as a player, Spencer, that was a little nerve-wracking for y'all. Very much so. <laughs> Guys, I want to do something we did last week where we looked at one key performer or stat that affected the outcome. Quick recap here. The men won in overtime at Stetson and then turned around and beat FGCU on the road 65-63 for the program's 15th win, most of the D1 era. On the women's side, they won a blue-out game against Jacksonville State at home on Thursday night and then turned around 48 hours later and beat the Gamecocks on the road to move to 5-2 and two in the conference. Okay, I'll, I'll start off with with the women's basketball the other day against uh, Jacksonville State at home, you know, right now they're averaging what 37.9 rebounds a game, and that's exceptional. But the other night against Jacksonville State at home, they had 44 rebounds, which was just great. You know, they had 15 offensive boards, so that stands out. The more the more you can rebound, the more possessions you have and opportunities to score. So that was for the women's. For the men's. I'm going to come back with them, their shooting uh, field goal percentage. You know, overall, they're shooting 46% from the field overall in all their games at 15 and 6. 
But in conference play, you know, tied for first right now at 7-1, they are shooting 51%. And Bryce made a, made a, made a, he did some research. He said in the last five out of, five out of six games, they're shooting over 50%. You know, this last game against Florida Gulf Coast was their least uh, field goal percentage at 49.1. So kudos to the men's basketball for scoring and being tied for first place and coming back to the women's kudos for them rebounding, being tied for second place. Um, I'm going to start off with the women's team as well. Um, they're coming off two back-to-back games against the same team, two games in three days. Um, that's a tough turnaround. Uh, when you play the same team twice, you can often get comfortable once you win that first game. And when you lose that first game, that team is fighting the hardest to make sure they don't lose twice. But in that second game, I think they defended extremely well as a team. They held Jacksonville State to 40% from the field and 31% from three at home. So I think that was a a key a key factor in their win on the road. Spencer, real quick, I got a question for you on that. With that turnaround that you mentioned, um, do you think that the Owls had a little bit of an advantage on the travel side of things, having the home game first and then going to play Jacksonville State at Jacksonville State because they didn't have to do with double travel? Um. Yeah, I think it does play an advantage. But Jacksonville State only being an hour away, it wasn't much of a, it wasn't too difficult of a travel. They weren't spending too much time on the bus. So I think getting that home win definitely boosted their confidence to help propel them to get the win against Jacksonville State on Saturday. Yeah, guys, for me, looking at the women as well, you talk about Carla Hooks. We talked about her last time. I mean, of the last four games, I believe she's had double, double digit scoring figures, uh, three of the last four games. She has really taken the load off of Amani Johnson as the primary ball handler and really the one who pu- who has to push the pace. As everyone on this call knows, the point guard is going to be your captain, the one that you want to set the pace, set the tempo. And now you have two different players who can do it. I mean, one in the same at this point. They can po- both play that incredible upstyle tempo. But, guys, I think the most important stat to look at is really the consistency starting with conference play. I, I mean, when you look at – what Kennesaw State's been able to do over this year compared to years past, 65 points against Jack State, 71 the game before, even though they lost to Austin P. 59, 71, 64, 66. I mean, you're consistently churning out an even offensive performance. And maybe in years past, we would see that dud 40, you know, high 40s, low 50s performance. We're not seeing that anymore. And Jacksonville or Kennesaw State rather against Jacksonville State, really has begun to pick that up and the consistency has been I mean second to none uh so far throughout the season and for the men's I mean they've gotten out to some incredibly hot starts in the first half I mean coming out of the locker room we knew that they could do that in the second half I think that was my stat last week I mean they you know outscoring Central Arkansas um there was another conference game that they had a huge second half or started the second half coming out of the break but they've outscored combined 26 points and against Stetson and FGCU in the first half. And when you do that, guys, on the road especially, uh, as Spencer knows, it takes the crowd out of the game at least for a little bit, and it paints an entirely different picture for the entire game, and it flips the script to where they have to answer in the second half and they have to get the crowd back into it or else that game's going to get out of hand. Now, they are able to put some things together against Kennesaw in the second half, but they kept them at bay. And again, same with the women, some games that maybe in years past they would have faltered this year. I mean, they've been ultra strong. Uh, Yeah, you made some great points there, Jordan. 
uh, like you said, it's very tough to win on the road. For the key stat for the men's basketball this week, I want to touch on how the men's team forced 18 turnovers. Uh, Stetson is a team that averages only 10 turnovers. They pride themselves on taking care of the ball. And um, for us to be able to force 18 turnovers on them, it helped us get the win. And uh, a crucial still actually came by CY towards the end of overtime to help us get the lead for a dunk, which actually was his 1,000 point. So forcing turnovers was pivotal in uh, Thursday's game. Yeah, guys, you all are making great points. I'll start with women's basketball as well. Um, going into the Coastal Georgia game, the game right before we got into A-Sun play, the team was shooting 37.6% from the field. They have now improved that to 39.5% from the field. Last game versus Jacksonville State, they shot 50.1% from the field, which is kind of really remarkable for the, this team is just the improvement that coach blue has made with this team. It's, it's been an insane. And when you look at points per game in this field goal percentage and how it translates team averages 64.9% points per game, or excuse me, 69, 64.9 points per game this season and a sun play so far, they scored 72, 66, 64, 71, 59, 71 again, and 65. So they're pretty much meeting that mark or going above so just a lot of good improvements being made on this women basketball side of things. And it's really fun to see they're having fun. You can tell whenever they're out there, they're winning games. They're having fun being where they're at in the standings. You can tell they're at a comfortable spot on the men's side. I want to mention Brandon Stroud. Brandon Stroud has been absolutely phenomenal for this Owls team. The last three games, he averages on the season 8.9 points per game, 46.6% from the field and 6.2 rebounds versus North Florida and the win before going into this weekend versus Stetson and FGCU. He has he's led the team in the last three games and scoring 18 points versus North Florida, 15 points versus Stetson, another 15 points versus FGCU. And all of those games, he's 7 of 12 from the field, 5 of 7 from the field and 7 of 10 from the field. He has been playing lights out basketball, which is exactly what this team needs going into a tough set of games here versus Austin P, who's currently ranked 12th in the A-Sun and Lipscomb, who's currently ranked fifth in the A-Sun. So Brandon Stroud has been turning it up and playing lights out basketball here recently. Hey, that's why I won A-Sun Player of the Week. Exactly. Second time this year, Stroud has won that. A lot to get to here on Inside the Nest. We'll have our bold predictions. We're going to offer some hot takes about road trips. Don't want to miss that. And, of course, we'll end it with fact or fiction. Before we take a look around the A-Sun, want to let you know about a fantastic ticket deal to catch these two hot teams in their double headers. Thursday, it's a wide-out night. Over 1,000 free shirts for the men's and the women's basketball doubleheader. The women get started at 5 p.m. against North Alabama. The men play Austin P. afterward. And then Saturday, Saturday afternoon, the women get started against Central Arkansas. The men play Lipscomb afterward. Here's the deal. Four for 40. Four tickets for $40 gets you a seat for these four games, both doubleheaders, four for 40. Visit ksuals.com slash tickets or call the ticket office to secure this deal right now. Up next, we'll take a look around the A-Sun and come back with our bold predictions on Inside the Nest. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a fifth third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. 
Oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking. A Fifth Third better. Fifth Third Extra Time keeps you longer. Anytime before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank, NA member FDIC. All 14 programs throughout the ASUN Conference Women's Basketball were on the court Saturday the 21st, which meant that, once again, the competition was fierce. Of the 14 programs, Austin P, Bellarmine, Eastern Kentucky, Kennesaw State, Liberty, Lipscomb, and Queens were able to pull off wins. The Austin P Governors, Lipscomb Bison, and FGCU Eagles are in a first-place tie with 6-1 and one standings. This happened after Liberty came from behind and beat the Eagles in overtime 88-78. to 78. This posed FGCU's first league loss. The Liberty Flames and the Kennesaw State Owls are both 5-2 in conference play, and the Eastern Kentucky Colonels trail close behind with 4-2 standings. There were a few top performances from last Saturday's competitions around the A-Sun. Bellarmine's Gracie Merkel showed off with a double-double as she was 13-16 of 16 for 29 points, 24 rebounds, and added an additional two blocks. Antoinette Walker at Eastern Kentucky also showed out with a double-double as she added 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 22 steals to her team stats. Another standout came from Alston Peace Shamir who secured 22 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 steals. The conference will be back in action this Thursday, the 26th. Kennesaw State plays North Alabama. Jacksonville State takes on Central Arkansas. Stetson battles Bellarmine. Jacksonville goes head-to-head with North Florida. FGCU plays Eastern Kentucky. Lipscomb takes on Queens. And lastly, Austin Peay faces Liberty. That's it for this week's Around the A-Sun. This has been Katie Kleinpeter. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for that look around the A-Sun from our OWL Network interns. We're back here, Nolan Alexander, Bryce Gobert, Spencer Rogers, Jordan Griffith, Brandon Johnson. Okay, guys, some of those bold predictions paid off looking at last week. Let's see if we can keep it rolling here. Give me a bold prediction for women's basketball and men's basketball, and also with a caveat, as always, Spencer just gives us the women's side. But what's going to happen this week? Peer into that crystal ball. Uh, I'll get us started here. Uh, I'll start. uh, I'll flip it. I'll flip it again. Uh, I'll go men's basketball first. Looking at this men's basketball team, you mentioned it, Nolan, a game versus Austin P and a game versus Lipscomb. Owls currently on a five game winning streak, which marks the longest winning streak in the A Sun as of now. So I think that Kennesaw State will extend that winning streak to seven. And I think that because Liberty plays Stetson, who is fourth in the A Sun, and then has to turn it around on Saturday and play FGCU, who's sixth in the A Sun right now. I think that Kennesaw State takes sole possession of first place in the A Sun. On the women's side of things, Kennesaw State is currently ranked in the number five spot in the conference. They got a couple of tough games coming up. You mentioned North Alabama, part of the whiteout on Thursday, and Central Arkansas on Saturday. Both of these teams, good teams, going to be big tests here for Kennesaw State. However, if you look at the standings, they're in the bottom half of the rankings uh, in the A-Sun women's basketball standings. So, again, I'm going to pick another two uh, wins here for this women's basketball side to allow them to extend their winning streak to four of the uh, for themselves and move up uh, more in the top five of the rankings. All right, I have for the women's basketball, they got two games coming up, both at home. I'm looking for them to continue their win streak at home. They won three straight at home, and I want them to continue that. Um, also, Josh A. Whitfield and Carly Hooks, they've been on a tear lately. They've been the leading scorers in, four of the last, in the last four games. I'm looking for them to continue their hot shooting streak. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll pick that one up there, Spencer. I mean, looking at women's basketball team, I think it's going to take a lot of three-point shooting and typically something that isn't necessarily the team's strength. But when you look at who they're facing, UNA and Central Arkansas, UNA, A-Sun Defensive Player of the Year in Skylar Gill, you're not going to want to go into the paint as often as you do against a team like Jacksonville State. So my bold prediction is I think they will hit three, at least, excuse me, eight threes in at least both of these games. So I think they're going to get around 16 to 20 in between there because I think they're going to be forced to shoot from the perimeter a little bit. I think you're going to see the Lindsey Wilbys of the world, Amani Johnson, those kind of players, uh, Breland Snipes as well, spot up in the corner, just a little more than what we're used to. And when you look at, we already looked at UNA, now looking at UCA, they're known for guys just a ultra slow pace. That opens up the half-court offense, and if you watch Kennesaw State women's this year, you know that that's when they get their best looks in terms of the trays from beyond, the deep shots, whatever you want to call them. So I'm thinking when Lindsey Wilby against Central Arkansas is going to get 15-plus points. You're going to see at least four threes put up on the board for The three ball is going to be ultra-important against two teams that I think stylistically you're going to want to shoot the ball from the perimeter a little bit more. And for the men's, Looking at the other side, I did say last week, and it turned out to be wrong, but uh, DeMond Robinson was kind of the, the guy I wanted to highlight. I'm going back to it. DeMond Robinson, also Alex Peterson. And once again, this is going to be stylistically looking at the other big men because you're facing, oh, I mean, excluding DeMond Robinson, two of the best big men in the A-Sun, and Asan Sajula for Lipscomb and Eliza Hutchins Everett for Austin P. Both average well over double figures. And I think they're going to hold them to under 12 points in each of those games. It's going to be a collective effort for both of those guys. We know that they have the defensive prowess to do so. And Kennesaw State, they've thrived at taking the number one option away. I mean, Jalen Blackman is the number one option at Stetson. He did have 22, but it took 18 shots to get there. And you look at what they did to Kenny Dye earlier in the season. He's one of the best players in the conference. So taking away that number one option, Elijah Hutchins-Everett, as well as Asani Sajula, also Asagio, fun fact, the only player in the A's son to be older than his head coach. Of course, that's a joke. It does feel like he's been there for 35 years, but they're going to shut them down to, I want to say contain them, not shut them down to, I think, uh, 12 or under each of those games. Big, yes, cool. bold predictions from Jordan. Coach Jay, can you top that? Well, let's. Uh, I'll start off with the, with the women. Um, you know, one of the things they really got to concentrate on is, um, is turnovers. You know, they're, uh, once you... Uh, the winning that they're doing is 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 a, is great. You know, like right now, they're five and two again in conference play. And you know, Bryce, hey, you know, you said they're in fifth place, but technically, hey, you got two teams tied for first at six and one, and you got you know, I think two or three teams tied for second. So we're gonna put them right there, tied for second at five and two. But in order to really you know solidify that, they've got to really concentrate on turnovers. And what we say about turnovers is that you have to value the ball. You value the ball. You're strong with possession. So coming into the game. Or coming into this weekend, my prediction is one: they will limit turnovers. Their turnovers, you know, right now again, they're averaging about 14 turnovers in conference. So if they can bring that down, if they can bring that down to somewhere between 11 and 12, that would be exceptional. So my prediction for the women basketball right now for this weekend is two things: one, they're going to solidify second place with two home wins, giving them a record of uh, what's that, seven and two. All right. And then two, they will limit their turnovers. All right. Going over to the men. Hey, the men. They're just doing it right now. You know, right now they are 
in first place, tied for first at seven and one. Again, five, you know, five wins in a row. I think they're going to be able to win back-to-back games at home that would give them seven wins. At the same time, that would make them ten and zero at home this season. And in the last ten games right now, they're sitting at eight and two, so they'll come out ten and two. Now, how they're going to do that? They're going to dish. They're going to continue to do what they do, as Coach Abdul Rahim says. The ball creates energy. We say, as well as coaches, share the love through assists. You know, they're averaging right now as assists. They're averaging 16 assists a game in conference play. That is great. And that means you see unselfish play. Everybody's getting a piece of the pie. Isn't that right, Spence? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And you got to love that, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. So so they're going to continue on that path with just sharing the ball, uh, allowing that ball to create energy and just sharing the love through their assists. And my prediction last week for them was to keep their opponent up on the 38 percent field goal percentage. Almost got there with one of the games. Not quite there yet, but we know defense is you guys' identity, Spence, and that's going to continue to be what you guys do. So I'm going to come back with that. Hey, my prediction is you're going to keep your opponents up under 39% this time in your two victories to solidify first place for this week. All right, Mr. Rogers, a lot to live up to there. Doubleheaders, women's and men's basketball get started Thursday at 5. It's a wideout. Wear white to the game or over 1,000 T-shirts. And when you get these T-shirts, like, please do me a favor. Don't just put them in your bag or put them underneath your arm or put them in the back of your chair. Put them on. Put the white T-shirt on. That's why you're giving to them at that game. White out, Thursday, doubleheader. Saturday, doubleheader as well. That 4 for 40 ticket deal, KSUowls.com, or call the ticket office. Coming up next, hot takes on road trips. I'm going to lead off with mine. We'll see what's going on with Spencer, if he's got some hot takes from this past week, and then we'll end it with Fact or Fiction, all here on Inside the Nest. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too. With hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Hello, my name is Bethany Bruton, and it's time once again for our Around the A-Sun men's basketball update. Um, the first game I want to highlight is Liberty versus North Florida. Liberty carried away the win, 73-62. to This puts Liberty at the head of the A-Sun, 7-1 in conference, and North Florida trails the bottom of the pack, sitting at 3-5. for five. Liberty will play Stetson this Thursday, January 26th at 7, and North Florida will play Central Arkansas the 26th at 8 p.m. Let's talk about the Bellarmine versus Lipscomb game. Bellarmine trailed 49, and Lipscomb ended up with 69. I thought it was very interesting. The only stats in this game that Bellarmine was higher in than Lipscomb were three things. Uh, one, points in the paint, which they had 30 to Lipscomb's 28, so that was really close. Um, points off turnovers, which was 17 to 11. And then this is very interesting, second chance points. They had 16 versus Lipscomb's two. So Bellarmine was definitely fighting hard, trying to get the ball. Bellarmine will play Eastern Kentucky on the 26th at home, and then they will travel to Kentucky on the 28th to play them there. 
Lipscomb will play Jacksonville State on the 26th at 9 p.m. One last game I want to highlight, Eastern Kentucky versus Austin PV. And Eastern Kentucky carried the dub with 74-59. After the first half, Eastern Kentucky led 44-36. But after halftime, they just really went all in and remained a steady 10 ahead of their opponent for the rest of the game. Austin P will play Kennesaw State this Thursday, January 26th at 7.30 for the Whiteout game. That's been your Around the A-Sun Update Men's Edition. I'm Bethany Bruton, and see you next week. Welcome back to ITN. We are getting set for those doubleheaders coming up this weekend here with the crew. It starts on Thursday for the Whiteout, Saturday for the doubleheader as well. Austin P and Lipscomb for the men, North Alabama, Central Arkansas for the women. Okay, we got some hot takes on road trips here. Before we get to that, though, and this could be part of your answer, Spencer, what is one thing that fans probably aren't aware of or don't think of that is unique and is a part of the traveling trips here in the A-Sun playing Thursday and Saturday or that's unique to traveling with college basketball at the Division One level? Um, something that's unique to traveling for the uh, college athletes is just the difference in the cities. Um, you go into a lot of different cities throughout the season. You're experiencing the snow. You're experiencing the rainy cities. You're experiencing these long trips. And that's part of what makes playing on the road so difficult is coach calls it. He calls it the elements, the things that you can't control that, you know, that are different, like the weather, like the fans. So there's so many different factors that play into going on the road, and it's a lot of reasons why road wins are so hard to come by. They're tough, and the Owls did it back-to-back at Stetson and FGCU, and then the women did it at Jacksonville State. Okay, I will lead off my hot takes for road trips. I used to think people that brought pillows to their hotels when they travel was so unnecessary and a waste. However, next time I go on the road, I'm doing it. Why? Hotel pillows, the quality of them has tanked. They're terrible now. They're terrible. They're way too thin. They put two of them on there, and when you stack them up, then all of a sudden it becomes too much. You can't sleep on a singular pillow. It doesn't work anymore. I'm bringing my own pillows. Hotel pillows are trash. They have completely gone downhill. That is my hot take. I'm sticking to it. I'll have a pillow on the bus next time I go. If we're in the airport, I'm going to stuff it in my suitcase. All right. Um, My hot take, I don't have so much of a, a hot take, but I do have something that gets pretty heated uh, between us. It's Uno. On the road trips, on the bus, me and the guys, we're always playing Uno. You know, some people are trying to sleep, but we don't care. We're yelling across the bus trying to figure out what color somebody has. We're walking down the bus trying to see what cars they have. And sometimes these guys don't even care about winning. They just want you to have as many cars as possible. So it gets pretty hectic on the bus, and uh, that's something that gets pretty heated between us. So, Spencer, do y'all play by real Uno rules, or do you have some house rules that y'all play with? Um, There's really no rules. We play on the iPhone games, so anything goes. Yeah, listen, it, it's a good a good game of Uno is hard to beat on the road trip. It, it definitely keeps you entertained. It's a little rivalry with the teammates. I want to go back to what Nolan said about the hotel pillows. That's a that's a good point. You know, yeah, the the hotel pillows are uh, they definitely have gone gone downhill in quality. All right, I think for my hot take, uh, if we go back to football season, I think a little bit. I think a hot take would be that morning coffee on the bus and stopping for it 
is overrated. So if you're going on a road trip and you're going to somewhere, I think rather than stop for coffee, get some at the hotel or bring some, I'm not sure. Just I, I personally, I don't like stopping on road trips. I'm always a, I just want to get there kind of person. So I'm going to say any kind of stops I'm, I'm, I'm against. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, I, th I think I agree with that one as well. I don't think like, I don't really even eat breakfast. So I'm like, let's just wait till lunch. But I know that not everyone else operates on that. But back to Nolan's point, I mean, it's a strong stance to take on that. And I, I do agree with him. Um, I also have found out I hate neck pillows. I think they're useless. I think they should all just go away. So use the actual pillow that you bring on the bus as well. So like it, you, you knock two birds out with one stone there to where you get it on the bus, you can sleep on the window in case you, or, or on the aisle if you have that pillow and you get it in the hotel. I got to do that in the future um, for mine. And th this one of course comes with the story. Um, buses, we've all, we've all ridden on the charter buses, right? They should legally only be allowed to go on the highways. Unless you have to go, obviously, to your hotel. No back roads. Because after ETSU football last year, or I guess now two seasons ago, after obviously what was a heartbreaking loss, we took the most backwards route on the side of this mountain in the middle of Johnson City, Tennessee, to get back. And, and me and Goss are sitting right next to each other, sitting in the aisle with our heads down, trying not to throw up. I'm downing these, like, spearmint mints trying to keep myself back, trying to keep my, my vomit in my stomach because we are just, it, it's turning every which way. We're stopping. There's a lot of traffic, and it's a gigantic bus, and I'm in the middle of it. it it's ridiculous. If you're going to take the buses, they got, I don't care what the traffic is ahead. It's got to stay straight, highways. I'm not used to this, this turning stuff on the side of mountains. All right, do that for cars. Do that for motorcycles. Keep that stuff on the highway, and I Again, this should be a federal law, and if you if you go on the back roads, you should be arrested. That's my hot take. All right, Coach Jay. Well, I'm, I'm going to come from uh, two perspectives, from the coach and from the players. All right, Spencer, coming to you as a player, I know, hey, on the road trips, it's got to be the movies. All right, what's the best movie that everybody's watching on the road trip, especially after a victory? What's everybody's or the overall team's favorite movie to watch on the road trip favorite movie to watch uh it's hard to tell uh really whatever's popular on netflix uh that's what we'll be watching or if it's not a movie we'll be blasting some music so yeah it's hard to tell gotcha okay so what would be your favorite right now my favorite movie yeah what were you gonna recommend we're gonna we're gonna hey hey you just had game high points. You had you shot you shot really well. Hey, Spence, what are we watching today? You got the game ball, so you're the movie man. What are we watching tonight? What are we watching? Um, I think we got to see that new Avatar. New Avatar, new Avatar. for sure. That's a good movie. Are you providing the 3D glasses as well, huh? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the other one is uh, from a player's perspective, perspective as well. Come on, you, you, we know what pregame meal is going to be like, pretty much for the most part. But it's that it's that it's that meal outside of pregame that is surprising. So, what is uh, what's been your favorite uh, meal outside of pregame meal while you guys are on the road, or favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant, I got two. One, sometimes we get the Cheesecake Factory. 
I think that's always a 10 out of 10. Uh, so you know, sometimes we get the cheesecake, too, if it's after a game or if it's not too close to a game. So you can't go wrong with that. But also in some states that apply, we'll get the Raisin Canes. And you just can't go wrong with that. Raisin Canes hits every time. Oh, man, Spencer, you got me there. Raisin Canes, <laughs> I'm a sucker for some Raisin Canes. Yeah. I got to ask you, I lived in Texas I coached, you know, for nine years and then here in Georgia, but what's the difference between Raising Cane's and Zaxby's? I thought they the, were the same. The bread. For the sure. bread is immaculate. <laughs> Zaxby's is better. Bad take. <laughs> I don't know about that, Jordan. I don't know. That's a, that, that's a hot take in itself. Okay. that's that's We're going to have a different podcast on that to debate that. <laughs> I love it, guys. It. Good hot takes there on the road. Good questions for Spencer. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, fact or fiction to wrap this one up. I'm stumping everybody. I'm calling it here. Coming up next on ITN. Back here at ITN, wrapping this one up before the doubleheaders this week. Okay, I'm turning my camera off so you can't cheat here. Try to read my facial expressions. You know how this game works. We're going to go in this order. Jordan, Spencer, Coach J, Bryce. Okay, this is unofficially brought to you by the semi-truck that was parked on the side of the entrance ramp coming onto Chastain Road earlier today. Baylor Trucking, by the way. Yeah, thought of you, JG. Okay, fact or fiction? The University of Oregon won the first men's NCAA tournament in 1939. Or last year's women's final four, which was in Minneapolis, the previous time it was there, the University of Tennessee won the title. Which one's true? Which one is a lie? The first one is super vague. So that's why I'm going to go with it. Because I, I think you put a little too much detail in the second one. So I, I'm going with the first one about the Oregon, University of Oregon. Um, for me, I think the first one, I don't think Oregon won the first one. So I think that's one's fiction. And I think your next statistic is facts. Uh, I'm going to go uh, outside the box. I don't know, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. It's fact. Tennessee women's basketball. This is a tough one. I, I, do I want to do the split or do I not? Um, I got to go with Jordan here, I think. It was a little vague on the first one. It didn't really have enough info in the Tennessee one. I mean, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem – I don't I, I'm going to go with Jordan here. I'm going to say that the first one is fact. Quack, quack. The Oregon Ducks won the first NCAA tournament in 1939. Here we go, though. Minneapolis hosted the women's final four last year for the second time. The first time that they did it was in 1995, and that was UConn's first national championship, capping a perfect 35-0 season. I got to say, stump in there. We'll take it. 2-0. Nice work today, everybody. We will see you for the doubleheaders this week at the Convocation Center for the men and the women. Hey, that Thursday wideout, wear white. If you don't, there's over a thousand free t-shirts. When you get it, put the t-shirt on and let's wide out the A-Sun competition. For Jordan Griffith, Spencer Rogers, Brandon Johnson, and Bryce Gobert, I'm Nolan Alexander saying see you this week here at the Convo. Who do you?